I believe that there are many sources in the world that are rich with wisdom that is not from this world. It'll help you better understand why life is so complex at times. It'll help you better understand what it is that can be done to make this life process a little easier. Understand how we operate naturally and being able to connect to it spiritually. There are many arguments as to what is valid, what is not, who wrote it, who didn't. I look at it like this. It's a source of information. And if I can find wisdom in that information, natural and spiritual wisdom, because there is a difference. If I can find wisdom in those books, then I'm going to read that book and I'm going to look for opportunities to apply what it is that I've learned. And then once I've learned it through experience, experiential wisdom, then from there, I can begin to move further along in my life path. And also at the same time, maybe I can help others just in the same way. And I think that's important. So with regard to the Bible in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 22, is a part of that process where it's the Sermon on the Mount where um, the message is being spoken by Jesus to the people. And the scripture goes like this. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. A different translation would go like this. The light is the gateway. And in order to truly have your body full of light, you have to have a single eye. And that single eye is what some refer to as that third eye. So we have our left eye, we have our right eye. Those are the eyes that exist naturally and allows us for that stereoscopic type of vision, being able to see left and right. That third eye is that eye that allows light to enter and it allows you to better understand the world that you can't see with your natural eye. Once we connect with the understanding that there is indeed a world that we cannot see with our natural eye, then we have to follow it up with the understanding that there is an eye that exists within us that is able to see that world that we cannot see naturally. But in order to truly elevate in our world view and our understanding that we are spirits in a shell, spirits in a sleeve, we begin to expand that understanding. Then from there, we begin to elevate. And that third eye, that eye that allows the light to enter, well, then it can go through the process, which is very similar to the natural process. Light reflects off of things naturally. The grass is green because all of the colors that hit grass through the rays of the sun, green is the one that's reflected. The leaves change at different times of the year on many of the trees, not all of them, but many of them. It changes because the consistency of it is different and it reflects different values of light. Maybe in the beginning it reflects green. And then as the transition of season takes place, it begins to reflect yellow or red or orange. So there's a different reflection that takes place. So light is absorbed and light is reflected. So what happens is as far as the light, there's an eternal light that exists. It's the light that is of light energy. It's the light that exists inside of us. And the thing is, there's that song I used to remember back childhood. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That light that shines, shines from within. And there's a light that shines outside of our being that energizes our inner being. Now, obviously, we have the sunlight and sunlight provides vitamin D, vitamin D, energy. There's also an, a light that we can't see. 
And that light comes from within. It comes from a strengthening spiritually, and it builds us up. It makes us stronger. And as we get stronger in that understanding, then from there, we operate in a manner similar to a prism, where light enters, and then when it exits, it exits in the full spectrum, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, that whole process. And when I think about our eye being single, I just think about that whole understanding of third eye, third eye chakra, chakra system, different levels of elevation, different levels of operation, connecting with greater understanding of things. And then from there, once we've connected with that understanding, we elevate. Or the crown chakra or the consciousness that is associated with that is a great, great achievement. But in order to truly, truly have a fulfilled life, in my opinion, is about going for the gold, which is achieving that crown chakra. Some call it that Christ consciousness. Some say reaching that level that there's the Christ in you. Many, many different understandings of it, but what's important is to embrace what it is that's within. And once you've embraced it, then that light that enters on the inside, converting it into a manner so that it can be produced so that others may experience on the outside. I believe that some people don't reach that level of consciousness because they're, maybe they're not supposed to. Maybe some of you that are listening are the ones that are supposed to provide that understanding so that others may benefit better. It's not always about other people getting it. Sometimes it's about us getting it so that we can give it to other people so that they can work well within the path that they have. Elevation of mind, elevation of body, and elevation of spirit. You know, sometimes we don't really understand how light works, even if it's, we understand it from a scientific standpoint. I believe that light rays can be absorbed, they can be intensified, and they can be diffused. In some of my classes, I get really deep into teaching lighting. One specific is three-point lighting. And in that three-point lighting, we ensure that there's light coming from multiple sources so that a subject, whether it's an object, whether it's a person, or whether it's something that we're creating on some type of computer software, making sure that the appropriate light shines on the appropriate areas so that it has the achieved or the intended effect. And that's what's really important. Lights can be diffused. It can be intensified. It can be reflected. It can be magnified. And there's a diffraction. So back to your eye being single. Well, as far as light entering, the magnification, an example that comes to mind is the whole process of sunlight and how a magnifying glass can have an effect on it. An example I'm going to give, maybe some might think is kind of cruel, but I will definitely admit that I was one person that tried it when I was little. During the summertime, we see the ants on the sidewalk and use a magnifying glass and then the sun would go through the magnifying glass, intensifying the heat and the power of that light, and it would burn the ant. Light can be magnified, and when it magnifies, it has a powerful effect. Now, I'm not saying to the point that we begin to increase in our light so that we can burn ants. That's not my focus here. But what I'm saying is to the point where the light that enters, it can be magnified and intensified so it has more power. That's the magnification. So when we open up our third eye and we allow the spiritual light to enter or we allow the spiritual light to exit, then we can begin to project that energy on others. 
And then our other eyes, which are the left and right, our, our natural eyes, our stereoscopic eyes, those natural eyes, then we can begin to see the impact. And then there's a conversation, there's a communication that's taking place between the spiritual and the natural. So magnification. And in that magnification, great things happen. People are able to be affected positively. But when you receive that light and when you have that light that's in you and you're able to make the impact, there's a great responsibility associated with it as well. Because if you don't do what you're supposed to do and you have that responsibility, you've been authorized in order to use that capability. And if you don't use it the right way, then that gets into a whole thing of karma. It gets into a thing of doing to others as you would have others doing to you. Because just like a boomerang, once you throw something out, please believe that it will come back. It may not come back with that same intensity, but indeed it will come back. And many times in forms and at times least expected. So the magnification. Now the intensification of it, think about it as far as a light dimmer. Where I am right now, instead of recording area, there's actually a light that you can increase or decrease the dimming of the light. Now, when the light is increased, it begins to shine light rays on a greater spread of surface. Usually at night, you're going to turn lights off. Sometimes you may dim the lights at night. Well, that's because you don't really want to have those bright lights as a distraction. And I use the word distraction because sometimes things that take place in our world, it may appear as a distraction to others. Others may see it as a possible distraction, but indeed, what we're doing is illuminating areas that need attention. So with regard to an intensification of the light, sometimes it's good to add more light, making it more intense so that we can see details. Sometimes light shines on areas to give better understanding of what's taking place, not just for others, sometimes in our world. So when we open up our eye to see more, or when our eyes are opened more, there are more things that are illuminated or we're able to express it in such a way that it makes an impact on others' lives. Because that's what it's all about. Being impacted, making modifications, impacting others, keeping it moving, doing the same process, repeating it over and over again until we're called to the next chapter of what we're supposed to do in our life journey. When I say life journey, this is a chapter of the life journey. There is indeed a chapter afterwards. Where it goes, it depends upon the person. It depends upon where you've come from, what you've done with what you have, and what your path indicates where you're supposed to go. But I don't want to get into that because that's a whole conversation based with a lot of curiosity. I'm not sure. I don't have all the answers. We have texts that give us that, but again, that's not the entire focus. That's not the primary focus. So we talked about magnification. We talked about intensification. I also want to talk about reflection. Now, many times through our natural eye, we look into a mirror. We look in a mirror and then we see a reflection now, many times the reflection that we see in the mirror, if we have a shirt with a logo on it, the words don't appear the right way. And I'm showing this as an example. I'm illustrating it in such a way like this because it's important to understand that with life, we go about our world on a daily basis based upon that morning reflection we see in the mirror. And I'm using this as an example because many times we go about our life based upon a reflection and we interact with people on a daily basis. We seek out things that are our dreams and goals. We have confidence or 
lack of confidence based upon that reflection. Whereas in fact, the true reflection is actually a double reflection. So that it's a real accurate representation. How does a double reflection happen? What is, how does that take place? Well, I think about example when I um, started cutting my own hair. So anyway, what would happen is I would look in the mirror, but I also have another mirror that would reflect off of that mirror so I can accurately see what it would look like. And I always loved the fact when I would do that, if I had a shirt that had like a print on it, I would look at the reflection in the mirror and I would see, wow, the shirt actually appears the right way. The logo appears the right way. And I remember the first time I started doing, because I never really got into the whole thing of using a double mirror for cutting my hair because I didn't really start doing it until college. And I remember looking in the mirror at myself and I said, wow, this is what I really look like? Goodness, this is so different. When I smile to the left, it doesn't really look that way naturally because it's a reflection. But when I look at the reflection of the reflection in the mirror, that's how I smile. Wow, I like that even better. So it became a whole new understanding of who I was because of that double reflection. The reflection works in a similar manner as it relates to light. We understand who we are naturally based upon what we see and based upon what people say and based upon our responses from others, responses to others, and basically the external stimuli, external things that begin to affect how we go on our day to day. It's affected by what we see, what we experience, what we feel naturally. When light enters our eye spiritually, well, that gets to that part of that double reflection. See, we have the reflection first part, but it needs to be a second reflection so that we really understand who we are. I'll say that again. There's a single reflection that takes place naturally. But in order for it to be a true reflection, there has to be a second reflection that takes place spiritually. And the way this process works is that spiritually, we begin to see things about ourselves, who we are, things that we may not have known, things that we weren't aware of. And then when we see that, wow, then we have a better understanding of some of the things perhaps we didn't even know because of reflection. And when I think of the word reflection, I work at a Jesuit university and some of the Jesuits that I've spoken to of matters spiritually, the Jesuits are big on reflection. The processes that take place through the day, reflecting on it at the end of the day and beginning to kind of sort them out to get a better understanding. Reflection. We also reflect spiritually through that light that enters our third eye. It illuminates the things that we need to perhaps revisit. It illuminates the things that we think that we may have already finalized and covered, but indeed we did not. There's more that's to it. Now, the thing is we have natural experiences and then we have spiritual understanding of it. It doesn't always happen in that same manner because sometimes we have natural experiences that we may meditate on for years and years and then we have a spiritual epiphany, if you will. The ideal workflow or process for this should be something where the light enters your spiritual eye, your third eye, it begins to permeate all parts of your spiritual existence. Naturally, you understand and discern the patterns of life. And then through the experiences with people, places, and things, naturally you understand it. And then what you do is you present that. And between the 
compare and contrast the reflection, the meditation, finding that God element within, finding the spirit within, connecting with the ethereal, connecting with the subconscious, and in doing that, then from there, you have an accurate representation of your experience, an accurate representation of who you are, and also an accurate understanding of how to take that information, process it so that you might share it with others. Again, magnification, the reflection, and the last one is diffraction. Diffraction is the one that you have to watch out for. So with regard to diffraction, this is how it works. I know that when I walk out during the day, imagine a summer day, and as you walk outside, you feel the sun hit you. You feel the warmth, and also you experience the intensity of the bright light. Now, you already were up in the morning. Obviously, you woke up and you got prepared for the day. You may have opened up the blinds to allow the light to enter. There's a difference between that window light and the outdoor light. Even though the window is clear, the glass appears to be clear, all of the light rays from the sun that hit the window, some of the light rays reflect. Some of them bounce. Some of them don't make it through the window. That's why a house can be warm on a summer day, but it's not quite as intense, not quite as warm as when you get outside. Now, as far as the scripture, again, if thine eye be single, think about your eye like a window. They say the eyes are a window to a person's soul. Wow. Well, if the eye is indeed a window, then using that example, I do understand that there is some light that is reflected. It doesn't make it in. And I know that in automobiles, you have tinted windows, which reduces the amount of light that enters, which works out really well during those summer days. So all that to say, as far as the diffusion, what is diffusion? Diffusion is basically the intensity of light is reduced somehow. So it's kind of like the opposite of that magnification. Now, if your eye is single, what you want to do is you want to make sure that eye, which is that window to your soul, that the light that enters can enter at the fullest intensity possible so that when it enters your spirit, it can have the best impact possible. It can be magnified, and at the same time, it can reflect the way it's supposed to. But there are times when light, when it enters, it doesn't have its full ability because there's something that diffuses it. Now, the whole process of what can diffuse it in mind, that could be a podcast by itself. But I'll think about three, and I'll mention these to you. The first one that comes to mind is doubt. The second one that comes to mind is worry. You have doubt and you have worry. Well, sometimes the light that enters, it enters and it illuminates and it magnifies. But we're not sure if it's God. We're not sure if it's a confirmation. We're not sure about it. So perhaps we may doubt what it is that we see. We may doubt what it is that is shown upon us, that light. And sometimes with that doubt, I would liken it or I would compare it to the same window tent. I know I keep coming back to the idea of window tent because I think of window tent and I think about the different intensities. I remember when I got my first car, I got window tent and, and there were different percentages for tent. And every state has its own laws to which intensity of tent you can have. 
And without getting into all the details, you have different percentages where naturally most cars are going to be around 35%. Then, for example, some of the minivans and such like that, it'll have a little bit darker, which is more like maybe a 25%. And then you have limo black, which is more of like a 5%. And the lower the number means the less a light, the less amount of light is allowed in. As it relates to the doubt, sometimes we have light that enters, but we have just an internal doubt for whatever reason. And what happens is the doubt operates as a tinted window. All the light can't enter. See, doubting is, is one thing. I see, but I'm not sure. Worry is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm allowing it to affect my output. So that light that's entering, doubting it isn't allowing it to enter. Worry is you've allowed it to enter and then you aren't able to push it back out in the manner that it should. So the thing is, as we are prisons, that light enters us, it's supposed to have a process, a metamorphosis spiritually. And then from there, naturally, a metamorphosis takes place. And then from there, the third process is we release it so that others may be able to benefit from it. And if the process of the entry of the light is affected by doubt, the small amount of light that's allowed to enter because it's been blocked by doubt, the worry holds it back from releasing. And then from there, it's not output and change doesn't take place. We have so much light that exists within, but many of us have fear and doubt and we don't allow it to go out the way it's supposed to. The third part of how it works, let's say the light does enter. Let's imagine that it's a day where the window is a clear window or even better that the window is opened so that the light can move directly and there's no blockage of the light at all. It enters, and the person doesn't have the doubt. It enters. There isn't any worry about it. So the light is entered. It does its process on the inside. The third process of that light going out to affect others, well, that gets to the part of what we call stubborn. Now, there's different ways for it. It can be callousness. That's one word that's used in the Bible. Stubborn or just, you know, just indifferent. They don't really care. Say, like, okay, I got it, I understand it, now let me go about my life, what's next? But it's not always about what's for us, it's about how other people can be affected by it as well. So that part of the stubbornness, we have this light within, but it doesn't cross the threshold from mental to matter. The process of mental to matter means the things that we have in our mind, which we've understand how it works spiritually, what takes place in the mind, which comes from the spiritual, has been synthesized so that it reaches the natural that's the process. That's what it's all about. Because we can learn so much. We can have light shine upon us. We believe it. We receive it. We have confidence in it. But we don't do anything with it. That's when it's a problem because then it doesn't help the progression of the people. We are a collective consciousness of spiritual beings and a natural show and a natural environment called earth with a purpose of what we're supposed to do. But stubbornness is sometimes that one thing that gets in the way. Now, in lighting, with light that we don't want to have hit a subject, is called a flag. And sometimes what happens is people, they raise the flag or they raise a block so that it doesn't exit. And sometimes we do it, and I say we because there is a process of me as well as I'm developing, and there's things that I'm learning too. Because just as there are many, many rays that emanate from the sun, there are many, many things that we learn that are illuminated in our life throughout our lifetime. Some things we have no doubt, no worry, and we're not stubborn and it goes directly out. 
and it affects and it makes change. It does what it's supposed to do. But there are other things in our lives that throughout our entire lifetime, we're still working on it. There are millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of rays that emanate from the sun every day. Some of them go directly where they're supposed to. Other ones don't. But then there's another day in which the sun rises again and the opportunity happens once again that those rays can begin to permeate the natural and the spiritual. Those rays can reach us and they can energize us. The stubbornness, that's something that comes over time as well as far as being able to tackle it. But what I do is basically I I ask many times on a daily basis, illuminate the areas that are consistent with my purpose. Highlight the people that are connected to my purpose. Shine a light on the areas that are connected to my destiny. I believe we have people, we have places, and we have things that are connected to our purpose. And highlighting and illuminating and shining a light upon is the same process, not operating with any concern or worry, and being willing, which is that opposite of stubborn, being willing, the willingness to put it out there. They say, consider the birds of the field, consider the trees. They don't worry about stuff. And of course, our life is much more complex than that. But at the same time, if we have the same elements as the trees and the birds and the animals, many of the same elements, we should operate in the same manner. They've been doing it for a long time. They're still alive. So maybe we should take some of that as well. So instead of being worried, we should be not necessarily worry-free. We should look beyond the worry. And once we have something that we know that we can concretely understand, then we should move forth. That stubbornness, there's a reflection to the stubbornness. is willingness. Being willing. Not saying that you have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the solutions. I have concepts and I have proven strategies. Strategies that are proven to work. And I share them. But the willingness is where God can work through that. The spiritual can work through that. As long as you're willing to be used, then that's where the true teaching and the true education and the true illumination takes place. The true evolution of consciousness takes place. Again, just understanding how the human eye works left and right, understanding that there's a third component, understanding that light operates in many ways, But when it hits our eye, that's only the first part. There's a projection that takes place. Projection takes place where what we see naturally is projected onto the mind. And that's when the real, real process takes place naturally. The mind. And the mind begins to determine what's real, what's not real. Connects it with previous experiences. And begins to store it in your brain. Same with spiritual There's a projection that takes place. The light hits us, but then it projects upon our spirit, illuminating, again, those things. I could talk about this for a long time, but I think it's just important to just understand that the light hitting our eye, it does so much naturally and spiritually, and we just have to be open to it. So as I'm coming to a close on this, I just encourage you to be open, be mindful, Be mindful of what is around you and be open for an expression of the possibilities that are out there. Expression through what some may see as coincidence, what some may see as deja vu, what some may see as dreams that become true in the natural. Being open. And then from there, the light can begin to enter your eye and begin to illuminate your world within so that you may impact the world outside of you.
your exterior world. These are all things that I'm speaking that I know to be true. And actually everything that I've shared thus far are things that I have tried and that have worked for me. And I share these things because I believe the same can take place for you in your life. If you believe, if you receive, and if from there you allow the process to take place, and when opportunity comes to let that light shine out in the world, be open, be willing, and knowing that the power exists within. I thank you for listening to this podcast and hope that it has an impact on your life. I believe and I pray that as you look at the sun and as you see the sunlight, that there indeed is a spiritual light that hits your spiritual eye. And just as the sun rises and sun sets, there's always an opportunity to reconnect with the thing that you're supposed to do with your purpose. So again, I thank you for listening. I pray you continue to operate in a path of purpose because I know it's work for me and I believe the same for you. Thank you for listening.